Are You Data Smart? A weekly podcast on data security, information management, and all things related to the data you have, how to protect it, and maximize its value. I'm Jay Ward. And I'm Christian Ward. And today we're going to tackle, I think, what everyone in the data world has been talking about at Google's um, I.O. conference, an amazing demonstration of AI, uh, the assistant and Google duplex. Jay wrote an article called, OK Google, Is This Legal?, uh, which had a lot of funny insights into this. And we're going to play the um, the portion of the uh, Google uh, keynote where um, Google duplex, a, a newly revealed AI uh, voice capability, actually calls a small business to schedule an appointment. Uh, so we're going to play that for you right now so we can then follow up and discuss it. Hi, I'm calling to book a women's haircut for our client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. So I can meet one second. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 1.15. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Depending on what service she would like, what service is she looking for? Just a woman's haircut for now. Okay, we have a 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is fine. Okay, what's her first name? The first name is Lisa. Okay, perfect. So I will see Lisa at 10 o'clock on May 3rd. Okay, great. Thanks. Great. Yeah, so the scariest part about that for me is the... Um, and the, mm-hmm, and I mean, you, you heard them laugh at it in the audience, which is, you know, I, I guess that's a natural human reaction to something that's terrifying and we can't understand what we're seeing. Um, yeah, I got that yeah. reaction a lot in high school. Um, I, you know, so <laughs> for me, this is fascinating and powerful and a demonstration of the just incredible advances in technology, even, you know, unthinkable even a few years ago. Um, but it, it also represents some substantial legal and ethical questions. You know, how are we going to navigate the legality of these calls um, and the legality of AI interacting with each other? And this is completely uncharted territory. Yeah, I uh, so I, I want to go back to something you said of the uncomfortable laughter in the audience. Uh, I, I really keyed on that because for many of us, as we're dealing with AI, we're starting to see things that um, give us that really uncomfortable pause and laughter. Um, and and I, I could feel it in the audience. You could you could sort of sense that um, when, when it says, you know, hi, um, I'd like to schedule. When it does that, the other thing I realized is, you know, the old, it might be a myth, it might be true. It's probably partially true. The old concept of the word QWERTY, Q-W-E-R-T-Y, it was originally designed to have um, in, an inhibited speed. And what I mean by that is um, the typewriters that we originally used and the patent for the typewriter um, was slowed down by the placement of the keys. And, and the idea was that most of the most used keys are actually on the left hand, the statistically less dominant hand. And so it was meant to slow down as a typist types. They didn't want the hammers striking the paper to get jammed together, which happened if you typed too fast. I don't know if you remember, Jay, but grandma had this Smith Corona typewriter that we had in the basement for years. I know our other brother, Brian, now has it in his basement. It's an antique. But I used to type on that thing, and that actually happens. The mechanical the mechanism itself jams up when the human goes too fast. 
what the ums are in the AI of Google's um, uh, duplex talking to the human is, the AI is slowing down so the human doesn't jam up, which is really concerning uh, because it was the first time I have witnessed where it was obvious the machine knows what its next question is. It knows what the answer should be. It's queued up. It's ready to go. But the human has to sort of gate the conversation. And so I literally felt like I was watching, and we all were watching, Google's AI QWERTY a human instead of what classically has been the other way around. Yeah, it's it was, again, kind of terrifying and, and interesting at the same time. Um, I want to know who the coder was who made the duplex have the upswing in their, at the end of their sentences. Wanted to schedule a hair appointment? Um, you know, it's like we decided like we're going to go with you know 13-year-old as the lingo. Um, you know, for me, I, I was intrigued because this is the definition of a robocall, right? Yeah. This is a oh, robot yeah. calling. Um, and I was wondering as I listened to it, well, where are the disclosures that are necessary? You know, in, in a two-party state like New York, you need to have the consent of both parties on either end to record the conversation. Um, otherwise, it's illegal. And, and in that what is, when, when you say New York, I know every state, state to state, there's different laws regarding um, recording. Can you just real quickly, so if it's a robo that calls or it's um, recorded, because anything that's being analyzed by AI, by definition, is being recorded at the time. Now, they might make the argument they're dumping the recording later, but it's being recorded in order to be analyzed, correct? Yeah, and that's I mean, so that's that's the thing. I mean, there's there's two streams here to think about. There's the state law stream of you know tr classically when we're talking about one party or two party states, it's I'm on the phone, I you know I turn on a tape recorder and I record our conversation. If you're in a one party state, that's enough because I've consented to the recording. If you're in a two party state, you would need to get the other party's consent to record. And if you're not getting that consent, it's a, it's illegal. Um, and in some states like California, if you don't give the warning or a disclaimer when you get, you know, for instance, an automated call that, you know, this call is being monitored for quality assurance, uh, that's illegal and can come with a $500 mandatory statutory penalty. Um, yeah, I mean, so if this was being made from Silicon Valley, this call, um, you know, we're talking about uh, a potential fine um, that, that gets pretty high. And if we're talking about, you know, a lawsuit related to the recording of someone's voice, now we're talking about, you know, litigation where people know, because it's been demonstrated by Google, that definitionally these conversations are recorded because it's being transcribed and kept either by Google or by the user. And that's, that's a point that I want to make here that's really important. Google can say, no, no, we're going to give disclaimers, we're going to do all of these things to make sure that there's no issue with complying with the law. But Google isn't the one making the call. Google Assistant is making the call. So unless Google is taking steps to ensure that you can't use Google Assistant, you can't use Duplex without it saying, by the way, everybody, this is a this is Google Duplex calling, um, you're going to run afoul potentially of the robocalling requirements, you know, that the FTC enforces really stringently. They, they do workshops on it all the time. They are very serious about it. You're going to potentially run afoul of those state law requirements on disclosures and disclaimers about having a recorded call. So... You know, my concern here is not necessarily that Google, which has really smart lawyers, is going to be making use of duplex appropriately because Google doesn't need to. It's when Joe's flower shop starts using it or when you personally use it that you might be running into these problems. So there's just a huge array of potential legal issues here.
Okay, but it's still really cool. We can agree on that, right? It's so super cool. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> so, so cool. So one of the uh, one of my friends I saw uh, tweeted a comment uh, where it said, "Okay, Google, call the top twenty five restaurants in our town and get me an appointment uh, for dinner at seven p.m. tomorrow night." And I started looking at that and going, "Holy cow!" I, there, there's there's not just the legal aspects. There's also just the operational aspects. So typically there is a, well, let's say an unspoken contract in the effort it takes to schedule uh, a dinner somewhere. So let's say it's seven o'clock at night. Um, I'm gonna call a bunch of restaurants. If I do that, I'm putting in time, I'm putting in effort. But if I can ask my AI, like a professional executive assistant to go analyze uh, what restaurant I should go to and schedule me an appointment, I'm transferring that effort to the AI and subsequently I'm transferring it to the business. The onus becomes on the business because what starts to happen is if I can call 25 restaurants, uh, let's say asynchronously, so I can call them all at the same time using the AI where it initiates 25 phone calls, what's gonna happen is I'm gonna end up with a, a sort of different um, variable set of, yes, I got an appointment, no, I didn't. And we know that Google can allow for you to maybe do a 6.30 or a 7.30 if you give it a range. So you're gonna end up with, you've got seven different <laughs> reservations ranging from 6.15 to 7.45 at seven different restaurants. Google's then gonna go and cancel all of those, which is really damaging to the business owner because it's one thing, Jay, if you and I decide, hey, I'm in Miami visiting, I'm gonna, let's, let's, let's go to dinner, let's take the families out. When we do that, that's one instance. But what if in you know Coconut Grove or in Miami, wherever we are, 7,000 people that evening say, okay, Google, call the top 25 restaurants. You have, we have a serious, serious problem which ultimately, while it's cool, it also could be um, at the level of complete um, devastation to small businesses where they can't keep up with the voice calls that are now robotically driven. And, and honestly, I think we'll see as a result of that, you know, we all you know, people use open table now, but you know, get ready for AI reservation management systems that small businesses use to field these, you know, all of these calls. But you see, then what's going to happen is we're not going to be having phone calls made where it's a, a person talking to an AI or, or the other way around. It's going to be AI to AI communication. And when that happens, they stop using language that's understandable to us. I mean, I think you remember the story about Facebook's AI communication with itself and reducing you know hours worth of, of human conversation to like you I I I everything um, you know it's not comprehensible to us I mean they could have been giving Roy Batty's speech from the end of Blade Runner you know tears in the rain but to us it looks like they're making uh, a reservation to go to Chipotle uh, I'm just kidding Chipotle doesn't take reses um, <laughs> so you know in that situation there's obviously going to be substantial displacement when we're talking about you know people taking reservations, and, and that's an entire conversation. It's an entire uh, debate unto itself. But at what point does the handshake between these two AI interactions become a, a, a focal point for regulators? Like, when are they going to start saying, I need to be able to see what's happening in there. I need to be able to understand these interactions because... I can't see it. It's not transparent to me. And transparency yeah. is the key for regulators. Well, and I think something else is that's uh, going to happen. And we're going to we're going to touch on a couple things. Number one, that 
um, it's impossible to step through what AI is thinking at the highest levels of artificial intelligence. Um, so we're not even going to know why the machine elected to go with this reservation with this restaurant versus another. And that presents problems because if you can't understand why it made the decision, then quite frankly, transparency into that uh, craziness is not going to help you. So that's one thing. This The, the next thing that we're going to have to talk about is um, for a business, I don't know if you remember, there was a, there's still a platform, I see it, it's called Get Human, or there was one, there was all these websites where yeah. instead of listening to the monotonous annoying, for this, press one, for this, press two, it would just tell you, hey, if you're calling Delta Airlines, hit 5521417 and you'll get a human. Um, it was really very smart. It was just like a life hack. What you're talking about is the automation of that at a much higher level, which is I can have um, my AI talk to yours and assist me through my life. I think the real concern, and this is GDPR as well as really any privacy focused or privacy oriented company's viewpoint is we've got to protect people against how this is operating. and. Realistically, um, we're going to do a podcast soon here on AI dreaming um, and the subconscious of AI. If we can't unpack how decisions are actually being made by the AI, um, in many ways we can't unpack our own subconscious, uh, that is going to present these laws with a whole nother scope of problems, uh, which, I, look, I'm, I'm excited to see us tackle. I, I think the Google demonstration, by the way, is absolutely brilliant. I think it's amazing. I think it not only changes the whole booking concept or construct, but it also opens up the opportunity for a far more day-to-day -day efficiency in our lives where we were hoping every business or small business owner would be totally studious about what uh, availability they have and everything else. We all know that's not true. They're busy. So here's a way to finally sort of bridge the gap where they're not keeping their calendar set. We could still have the machine talk to a human, but in the end, that is going to put a lot of stress and strain if there aren't two AIs working this out. Um, and then at some point, you just have the entire restaurant reservation system of a city AI'd together where the AI says, you know what, for Christian, we know he likes this type of food. Let me only reach out to these five AIs, even though he said the top 25 restaurants. Those decisions without insight into how they are made is the part where the law still isn't ready for what's about to come. And then we can call that system Skynet and it's perfect. We're all set. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, Sky Food, maybe. Sky Restaurant. Sky, <laughs> yeah, right. sky, sky Dinner. Sky um, Mall. Everything good starts. <laughs> exactly. Excellent. Well, um, thank you, everyone, for, for joining us uh, for this episode of Are You Data Smart? We're going to keep digging into this. Um, and if you haven't uh, bookmarked that Google duplex video, do so now because uh, it's the most terrifying and wonderful thing you're going to see this week. Thanks again. Thanks again.